Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. Welcome to your Life's Work Podcast. How are you? Hey, it's day two of the big social media fast on my end of the world. If you're joining me, uh, congratulations on fasting uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That's what I'm doing, at least. Maybe you're doing something different. I don't know. And maybe you're fasting, because I'm fasting other things besides that. So for the next 40 days until February something, 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 I started uh, January uh, 1st, which was yesterday. This is day two. And, you know, part of the whole, uh, you know, deal with fasting social media is kind of doing the opposite of what social media has done to us. So the bitter irony, the bitter pill of social media, media, if you will, is the uh, is our, the autonomousness that it's given us. So you, you think social, we're all gathering and talking and hanging out and, and having friends and, and love fests and stuff like that, but it's actually done kind of the opposite, hasn't it, a little bit? And uh, it's totally focused ourselves on self, on us, on you, on the ego, on everything that's great and glorious about humanity, which at the end of the day kind of F's you up, really, if we're talking about it, real. So that's been my thing. So for the next 40 days, I'm talking to people that are super, uh, that are in my life, that make me feel, make me laugh, get me emotional, have helped me do me and or help me become a better JR or help me become a better dad or help me become a better friend. Um, and so I'm going to be talking to 40 people, 40 people, 40 days, baby. Um, and again, I, it's not that I think social media blows and sucks because let me help you with what I do. It is my outlet and it's so many different ways. Creatively, I love it. I do love the fact that you can keep relationships kind of at some level, um, you know, at arm's length and then dive deep when appropriate. And I, I love that kind of facet about it. But I, I'm telling you, man, it, it, and again, it's it's not like, hey, let's do the opposite of what we're doing. It's just let's take a break and be super intentional about making sure we're face-to-face with people and um, and really connecting and connect because that's what it is, man. It's all about connection. If you're living your life and you're waking up and going to work and coming back home and, and you're not uh, – you know, going deep with somebody around you, man, I encourage you to, um, if you need to know more about me, Jr. Jrman.com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com. I'm a spiritual director mentor. Uh, I also have a book out there called year. You can get that on my website too. You'll love it. It's 365 contemplations, all designed to slow you down with the divine, with God and to, um, you know, kind of bring some peace into your life. If you're looking for any kind of mentoring, uh, and I guess everybody calls it coaching. If you're looking for just that reconnect, or if you're looking to have the hard conversations, because I do the hard conversations too, whether it's marriage problems, addictions, what the hell's next in my life, I'm right here. So please do that. My conversation today is with Trinity Jordan. Trinity Jordan is a guy who lives in Salt Lake City with his family. He's got a couple kids and a wonderful wife, and they've been married 20 years. He was instrumental in, in my development, not only with what I do currently, but also kind of how I vibe. And he's always a guy that said yes to me. And um, so I just wanted to make, and he's on my board of directors of my nonprofit too. Um, lawyer, super smart guy, was a church planner for a while, author of, uh, of a book or two, um, and just a super great guy. So I hope you enjoy that conversation. Okay. So this is my dear friend, uh, Trinity Jordan, who's a Salt Lake City lawyer, author. Are you, do you still consider yourself pastor guy or no? I mean, I don't know if I use the word pastor, but uh, yeah, I definitely go speak at churches and um, everyone seems to confess everything to me. So yeah, sure. <laughs> Isn't that a great thing? <laughs> <laughs> um, and you and it's not recently you've been a lawyer. When did you end up swinging the, into the law from like church planning? When was that whole deal? 2012. So uh, what, uh, 
well, now we got to say seven years. So it was 2019, so tw- tw- seven years. And you've got two kids, right? Two girls. I do. And how, and how old are they? 14 and 12. Oh, dude. So I'm... I'm yeah. in the midst. Yeah, you're in the swing. I've got an 18 year old daughter, dude. I don't know how anybody does multiple girls. I, I have no idea how that how that happens. Well, I I am um, going through it right now. Uh, it's in the age of multimedia. There's just so much stuff that I'm dealing with with my girls that I never had to experience as a child. You know, cell phones, texting, social media, like all of that, and and the boys after girls through all that those mediums that's that's the tough part okay so what's the best so let's so let's get going there what's the best advice somebody's got two teenage girls they're on the cell phones like like this is no secret anymore you know what i mean what's the best advice well okay so here's what i would say if you know i'm sitting on the couch with somebody having this conversation and i tell my daughters this all the time unfortunately you know you you talk about me being a lawyer you know part of I was a federal prosecutor, uh, assistant United States attorney. And during that time, you know, I got to deal with a lot of child exploitation cases and prosecute a lot of crazy stuff. And I tell my kids all the time, like, I'm sorry, your dad has seen some crazy stuff. So I'm probably going to be a little bit more clamped down on you than maybe other parents. But it's probably out of my own fears. But really, it's because I love you and I want to protect you. So, I mean, they, they, they have a... They turn their phones in every night to me um, at 930. They come and bring them in and plug them in and charge them in my room. They're not allowed in their rooms. And I look through their texts, not like some crazy, like, I'm going to read every text in the world. I just, you know, browse through there real fast to just kind of understand what the conversations are going on with, with uh, on Instagram or text messaging. Um, you know, we use screen time like crazy. Thank you, Apple. To just kind of really <laughs> right. limit <laughs> limit the amount of time that they are really messaging people on Instagram or talking to people via text message, and kind of being able to see what's going on. And we just have open conversations with our kids. Hey, look, I was reading this on your text. Can you kind of give me the backstory of this? Explain this a little bit to me. You yeah. know what's going on, and they'll they'll tell us. You know, I, I know more about the social atmosphere of the junior high and high school than I want to because of that and but it's I think the kids when they when they understand that you trust them and that's what we try to tell our kids we will trust you so don't give us a reason not to trust you and a a lot of people don't get that we're not giving them phones anymore we're giving them computers there's nothing about the that that's a phone anymore I mean this is absolutely so it's like I, I, a woman asked me the other day, like, how old should my uh, son be before I get him a phone? I'm like, well, damn, you can get him a phone when he's five, but you, to give him a computer is a whole other story. They, there is a, we're going to get to a, an age where I, I'm, I'm guessing you, you are going to see pundits on television talking about, maybe there already exists out there, about social media and text messaging and all this phone stuff with it comes to our kids and how it actually they they cannot use it appropriately until a certain age and that's what i saw when i was prosecuting and that's even what i see with my kids is they're you're giving them an access to the world you're 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 not just letting them have access but you're you're inviting the world into their lives um and so 
how do they appropriately navigate that? And that's where I think most of parenting now is dealing with that. Is deal- I mean, well, for I you mean, and the, I, Jay. I mean, the deal is, is it's not even an invitation. It's like we're you're literally pulling the trigger. If you're a parent and you're giving your kid a, and again, I this. This doesn't mean that anybody's not parenting correctly because I want people to hear this because I think this is a, what you're dealing with is what I'm dealing with. I, I don't think there's a right and a wrong here. What we're doing is pulling the trigger for our children to be placed in a, a machine that does that wants nothing more than to strip them of everything that uh, they can possibly. I mean, we, we want to strip them down to nothing. No, absolutely. It's overwhelming. And and I, I agree with you. There's no right or wrong way. We're all trying to figure this out. I think maybe the wrong way is, is um, you know, just ignoring that there is an issue and just letting your kids do whatever they want to do. I mean, right, that's right. just, you know, where they, I don't know, there's probably some terms out there for that. But <laughs> I think it's, <laughs> you're pairing your parent, you're you're learning on the fly. Look, there's new apps that pop up every day, and there's new trends that happen in social media every day. And we're really parenting on the fly and learning this. Jr., what I was going to say earlier is, you and I, and probably most of the people that are listening to us, our social interaction happened with hanging out with people. We'd get on our bikes, we'd ride down, we'd all meet up, you know, in the in the cul-de-sac, or we'd go meet up in our little field somewhere. And that's where our social interaction happened outside of school. And now our kids have this social interaction that's happening. It's multiplied amongst the people they're having social interaction and they're having it all day long while they have that phone in their hands. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, you know, uh, um, so, you know, for the next 40 days, your day two of my 40, you know, I was, uh, I mean, we're completely autonomous now. With social media, the bitter irony of social media is that it's brought us to a silo or an autonomous level as individuals. So I agree with you. Like, there is no more anticipation of social gathering or social communication anymore. It, it just always is. So without that anticipation, we can't be personal one to another, or we can't certainly be intentionally personal. So that, that's what that's what drives me in the next forty days to like just literally call. Or have people come to the house and just have conversations about what's going on in the life, like right now. Like, what's your red dot? What's your center? Like, let's go there and just like really, really quick. Um, so you and I, and, and we'll just switch gears real quick because it's fascinating. But um, so you and I meet, like, talk about intentionality. How did it go? Did you email me, or did I email you, or how did how did the two of us physically come together? <laughs> I, you know, I I hadn't thought about that until you just said something. I. So if you remember, I was working on that television show and, uh, um, I, I can't remember if I got a hold of you or if it was somebody else on the television show, you were with working with triple X church at the time. And you guys were going to be down in Vegas at, uh, the porn show. And, um, there was like three different groups that they wanted us to interview on this, on the television show. And you were one of them. And but I there was a, not- there was like a phone call though, right? I mean, at one point there was like a phone call that says, "Hey, we're meeting in Vegas," right? Wasn't that like one of the deals, right? Yeah, I, I remember you and I connected because I wanted to. I was, I, I mean, we. <laughs> I'm stuttering through all my words. I'm trying to remember all this. I think I was the most concerned about us all going to the porn show, and 
this you know crew going down there which you end up becoming good friends with the whole crew after the after the after we did this but i was nervous about us being there and i think you and i got on the phone and i remember you were very direct and blunt as uh you always are but when you first meet jr i was a little taken back about you were kind of just hot and heavy with this is what the porn show is and if you guys can't do that don't show up and uh <laughs> and uh, i wish i, I wish i want to listen to myself a few times good lord <laughs> <laughs> so that's i you and i talked on the phone before we ever got down to vegas yeah and, uh, so Again, it's like I'm thinking about because I've put together a list of 40 people for the next 40 days I want to talk to. And I've been super intentional about, hey, how did we how did that first thing go? Like, you know, when and, and, and invariably the list that I put together. And again, I have I have people on that list, Trinity, that I have met less than a year ago. But social media didn't play well. I take that back because it gets all crazy wired at that point. Social media did play a hand in some of the relationships that I have today, obviously. But the people that I'm really reaching out to to want to say, hey, I love you. I want to be, you know, squarely in your life at some level at some point. Obviously, you know, you can't be as deep as you want to be because of time and space and blah, blah, blah. But I laugh out loud because you're one of those guys that when I think back, I think, I think of your face. I think of seeing your smile. I think of seeing your energy. I think of seeing the people that you're with. And it's like we have gone to another point where I'm not sure those kind of wonderful memories um, or even like, you know, just driving forces of life are present anymore. So it's it's I, I mean, you know, again, I don't we, we don't have to do a, you know, a, a you know, a kiss and tell on how we met. I just, you know, for me, there's an exercise there about. Like what? What was the intentionality of how we met, and then how do we stay friends today? So today, Trinity is on the board of directors of of my nonprofit that I run called Tabletop, and Trinity was instrumental even in understanding what Trinity or what Tabletop was, you know, five thousand years ago. Because now we're all like fifty and stuff. But so so catch me up to like like center point red dot like where you're at like right now and again you know i mean i get it how are we going to go deep like super deep in 30 minutes but you know what are you know what's going on i i know you're back in salt lake you're in florida for a while like you know what's the mainframe what are you working on like you know what's happening with your life well you know what to be honest uh maybe this will be the big reveal for all of us um in some of this is i i don't know what that next step is other than i know i'm supposed to be here right now in salt lake so you know as i said earlier i was a federal prosecutor in miami and moved back here to salt lake and the main reason why i'm back here in salt lake is my wife and her family and my my wife when she was 16 years old she had an unexpected pregnancy and she grew up in a very very staunch religious family and so this was very something kind of looked down on they were very loving but the the religious community of it was you know looked down on this she placed this um, baby up for adoption so when she was 17 years old uh, placed this little girl up for adoption with a phenomenal family a great family she got to actually pick the family through the social services that was run by her church at the time. And uh, this little girl was um, adopted and opened adoption for the first year, first year, and then it was closed after that. And so fast forward, 
um, you know, 21, 22 years later, and uh, and here we are where she, uh, the little girl has reached out to us, she's not so little anymore, and she lives in Provo, Utah, and uh, her family lives there, and we've reconnected, so my wife has made this reconnection with her daughter, and so my daughters are making a reconnection with their sister. Yeah, I was going to say, this is incredible. Yeah, so that's kind of why all this kind of uh, pulled us back here to Utah. Um, and why we're here in Utah is to build this relationship with our with our daughter and and really kind of, you know, we can't build up for lost time, but to build this new relationship. And, and, and we're building a great relationship with actually her, her family, her adopted family and the extended family. They actually all lived all around us in our home in Utah when we were here previous and we didn't even know. And so um, it's kind of been this great little Cinderella story uh, of putting all the pieces kind of back together here. But with that, the ugly truth is, is there's, there's also hurt and there's pain and there's questions. And so there's stuff to work through there as well. So that's why it's better for us to be here, have intentionality of the in uh, person face-to-face relationships instead of doing this always via text message or social media or uh, the phone calls that it would be if we were still in Miami. So yeah, that's why we're here. But so along those lines, you know, that's kind of been focused as family, family, family right now. And where I thought I was going to be, you know, working for the department of justice, probably the, you know, a good 20, 30 years or something as a prosecutor, I had to shift some gears and, and come back here to Utah. And, um, so to answer the question for me, like right now, my it's just all family focus, you know, job and all that other stuff is just secondary right now. And I'm sure that God will have something uh, in store for me along using gifts and talents and, and really have more of a purpose within my job. But right now it's just family. Dude, that's an incredible story. How old is she now? Uh, she just turned 21. Yeah, 21. 21. That's that's an incredible story. Obviously, having three adopted kids, you know, on my side of the fence, your circumstances being a, a you know a, a tad bit different. But man, you are you are so 100 percent right. Beyond the Cinderella, like oh good, we found each other, reconnected again. There is you know so much going on behind the scenes that just need so much attention. No, absolutely. And look, every person too doesn't matter who they are, how healthy of an environment they grow in. We all have just natural dysfunctions. And if you were to thrust any person into a relationship where you're like, hey, guys, you're family now, um, you don't understand and know those natural dysfunctions that you have. I have them. My wife has them. My kids have them. And our, our little girl has them as well. She's not a little girl. She's 21. And so you put all those into a pot, mix it around. You, you, you got those issues as well. This is natural. It's what everybody has. So you have to work through those things. And I think the thing is when you grow up with somebody your whole life, you just learn to dance with those dysfunctions or those, those, uh, quirks or whatever you want to call them. And, uh, you, you're used to them. And so when it's new people jettisoned together, I think that's that's also an issue to work through. What's the is if you could, you know, pick out a like that's the hardest part. You know, because again, I think people are all moving 
in that kind of circle. Like I, I don't think the circumstances are necessarily, when, especially when it comes to the emotions. I, 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 I don't think we're too damn different, is what I'm saying. One, one to another. I think we, I think we've gone through a period of human history where we tried to make as much of individuals as we possibly could like no like snowflakes no no two are the same but i mean dude we are so like we have so much commonality at the core of who we are and what we're doing and like if you dive into that situation is there one hard thing that you guys are you know as much you know as a group are commonly dealing with that, that, that's just like a huge pain in the ass or like, or like it's that one run point. Like I always think in terms of my kid, like the one run point that Diane and I have collectively, because again, uh, he, human beings are, are very much alike. The one run point is always that deep leveled sorrow that the children came with. And that is almost like we, f- I, at least for me, I tried to fight the hell out of that for the, for the time that I've had these kids. And I just realized, oh, holy shit, I cannot fight that sorrow so is there like and so as a result of letting go like my life has become a lot you know a lot less stressful in that area but is there one thing in your particular scenario particularly with this you know young lady that's like oh wow that's a run point um maybe i just i think there's uh you know we (laughs) i'm trying to figure out how to articulate this correctly Here's my thought, and I could be 100% wrong, uh, but I think I'm 51% right. Um, So we all have this, we've all learned about like nature versus nurture. You know, what has been nurtured into us or what is, you know, the product of our DNA. And I think that's what I'm kind of watching unfold in front of me. I see attributes of my wife that are in this, this little girl. And I see this young, I keep calling her a little girl. She's a young lady and um, she she's beautiful and she's great. And I see these amazing things of my wife that are in her. But I also see some of my wife's struggles, um, like insecurity. And I see that inside of, of, of this young lady as well. And But there's also other things I see that, you know, make me start to wonder, like, oh, was this nurtured into her from her parents that have raised her? Or is this actually from the other side, the other, you know, her biological father um, in this part of the name? And so that's kind of what I've kind of been dealing with is it's is watching and maybe I'm I'm evaluating this stuff too much. You talk about deep sorrow. I've seen a little bit of some mental health issues, which I've never been one to shy away from. I've suffered from depression. My mom suffers from depression and uh, I've my wife doesn't and my kids don't and her family doesn't, but this young lady does. And so then you start to, you know, I saw for me in my mind, I start wondering like, well, is this really a, a nurture thing or is this a nature thing? You know, like, what is it? Where did this depression come from in her? So that's what her and I are able to connect on that level and be able to like, look, I know what you're going through. I know what you're feeling. And, and you know, my wife doesn't understand it because she doesn't go through it. And my kids don't understand it because they haven't gone through it. But you and I can connect on this and I'm not the biological father and I'm not someone that nurtured her. So where did that come from? So I think there's kind of, that was probably a whole big mixed soup of like Elmer Fudd talking about something. Um, <laughs> and probably made no sense whatsoever. No, no. I mean, dude, 
That's great. I think I'll steal that. I think you know, but you know, the next big question for everybody in my life will be like, "Hey, you know, how are you, Elmer, fudding? You know, you know the scenario you're going through?" Because I mean, that's what it feels like. There is no book written for what you guys are going through right now. I mean, there's not. It's just all there is to it. So it's like, no, absolutely not. No. Yeah. Well, you know, I, you know, people will always, especially with you know, what I do is people, they want to know, they want to know. So what do I do? Like, that's always a, so what do I do? What do you think? Like, what's the next step in that? And I'm always like, Hey man, first off, I don't think anybody, you know, kind of knows. I think the best way to lead with scenarios like yours that can be so intermingled and twined and meshed with emotion is to, is to literally have that awareness that in some respects, we don't know what the hell is going on, but boy, are we going to be intentional about the relationship. Man, are we going to go have ice cream or go have a dinner or leave a nice message or celebrate a birthday um, and try to clear away the, you know, some of the wreckage or just the past as best you possibly can. No, absolutely. I The intentionality part, like, is so key. I think it's it's. You know, you could talk about that with everything. But in this situation for us, uh, let's go back to a book, you know, The Five Love Languages. I'm sure we've all read it, seen it, been to a conference or something. I don't know. And it's just those those ways in which we express love or those ways in which we receive love. That's been the interesting thing in this is we've had a lot of fun and being intentional with trying to express love in all five of those ways with this young lady, with a new addition to our family. I don't know. I don't know why I'm not using her name, Erica. Her name's Erica. I, I was. I don't know why I was doing it for anonymity's sake or whatever. But, um, but it's Erica not like you is, guys are a mob family, ready? Yeah, we are. <laughs> but you know, Erica. And that's been the great thing is we didn't grow. She didn't grow up with us, and so we don't know a lot of the natural tendencies of when the best times to express certain types of love are to her. And so that's what's been fun in this is making sure we send the gifts, making sure like doing things that maybe wouldn't seem natural to us with our own children or our own selves. Cause we've already kind of, we know the love dance that we, we have in our own family and how to really show and respect each other in those areas. And so we're kind of almost experimenting in some ways and, and then finding out, Oh, that, that worked really good or that, that really was a hit. So then recreating that or redoing that and being very intentional about how we express ourselves with her yeah. later on. Um, so this is probably like your listeners are probably like this guy can just ramble on about no I, nonsense, I, I nonsense think, about anything. Yeah, I think people that I think people that get the podcast get the conversation. The 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 you know this podcast at least is always like I keep telling people like you're gonna find life in the uncomfortable. You're gonna find life in the uneasy. It's that whole Jesus wisdom of. You know, hey man, it's pretty. It's easy to love the people that are around you, but what about what about the people that are hard to love? And I don't mean Eric is hard to love. I mean, I mean, what about the scenarios that are created or intentionally moved into in your life where you didn't expect to love? And I think, um, I think that's more to the point with you. Um, well, dude, that's, I mean, that's, that's an incredible story. So, you know, I wish you guys luck. Um, you know, part of the thing I wanted to do and I'll switch gears again is just to make sure that as I'm touching base with people, it's like, you know, I want you to know, and I don't know if I've ever 
really clarified it with you in our relationship, but how damn important you've been in my development. Because we did have a few years where we were hot and heavy and just totally in love with one another and talking very often. And then we also had a few years where uh, we were radio silent because, because, and because life flows the way it does. And, and uh, I mean, gosh, I mean, we could have a book written on both of those things. But, you know, this last season of particularly what I'm doing, and, and, and again, I just, I can't thank you and express my love to you enough. Um, you know, one of the things that I always think about you when I think about our relationship is that you you never say no. You're always yes to me. And, you know, there's, you know, and I, and I hate to say that there are people in my life that, that are the opposite, but there are, period, end of story, um, you know, for whatever reason. And you're always been that yes guy. Whenever I've called you, talked to you, texted you, emailed you, social mediaed you, um, you know, you're always right there in a second and a half. And I also know that you are like that with other, with everybody else in your life. So, you know, part of my journey in the next 40 days is to really make sure that that's out loud because it needs to be out loud because so much in 2018 can dampen all that kind of shit. Um, and, and, and I just, so I want you to know that Trinity, I want you to know that you're super important to me. I love what you're doing. I love your family. This, this, this next, you know, center thing that you guys are dealing with right now, Erica's incredibly amazing. Um, but I just, I want you to know that, man, I love you so much and think about you very often. Yeah, JR, there are, this is going to be a gush fest, right? Uh, there, there's, there are very few people in my life that, that, um, that I really hold to the high esteem that I hold you, um, people that I would invite in my home and, and hand over, you know, my keys to my house and just say, this is yours. You, you have it all. Cause I love you and I trust you. And, uh, that's, I've always felt that connection with you. Um, and I've always enjoyed our relationship a hundred percent. Look, when it comes down to it at the end of the day, you know, careers and jobs, stuff, like all of this goes away. You're going to replace half the stuff in your house anyway at a garage sale, or you're going to get rid of it. You, you know, you're going to get something new from IKEA. Uh, and, and when you eventually retire, somebody else is going to move into that office that you have been occupying, and they're probably going to do it the day after you leave. Uh, so, relationships really are what we have that is long term, and I, I'm getting that and sensing that the longer I live. And uh, you're one of those people in my life. That's why I always say yes. It's because um, you're important to me. And I'm, if, if it's important to you, it's going to be important to me. All right, good people. Trinity Jordan, I uh, really, really do appreciate him. Hey, if you do anything today, reach out. Reach out. Physically grab the phone and call somebody or text somebody or set a coffee date or set a dinner date or have some people over to your house or do something like that. Um, again, it's not the social media is the bad guy. It's that we want to move intentionally with people. And I hope to, I hope you'd really do it face to face or, or in some, uh, uh, space of face to face, whether that's FaceTime or, or, or via the phone. But I love you. Don't forget, check me out, jrman.com, jrmahon.com. If you need me, I'm right here. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
All right, good people. Trinity Jordan, uh, really, really do appreciate him. Hey, if you do anything today, reach out. Reach out. Physically grab the phone and call somebody or text somebody or set a coffee date or set a dinner date or have some people over to your house or do something like that. Um, again, it's not the social media is the bad guy. It's that we want to move intentionally with people. And I hope to, I hope you really do it face-to-face or, or in some uh, uh, space of face-to-face, whether that's FaceTime or, or, or via the phone. But I love you. Don't forget, check me out, jrman.com, uh, jrmahon.com. If you need me, I'm right here. I'll talk to you tomorrow.